You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. And welcome to the show with your host, Carl Fitzgerald. Glad to be here. My second week driving into the city. Pretty shocking to see uh, the entire town covered in smog the last couple of days. Today it was all foggy after leaving a sunny valley filled with fog with boxing kangaroos on the horizon. It was absolutely incredible. I am still pinching myself that uh, we have this little corner of the earth to call our own. And now I have the job ahead of me to uh, ensure I am soaking up all those emissions as I commute into town. A, a polluter commuter, I'm calling myself, after 25 years as a cyclist, I survived. And I implore anyone at Bicycle Victoria to get their goddamn act together. On my last day of commuting through the city, I was abused yet again by a tradie in a ute, uh, thinking that uh, he can hog the bike lane and take over, and uh, I couldn't give him a what for uh, without due uh, uh, meaning. So uh, please, BV, get uh, proactive and start uh, telling p- BV. That's when I used to work there, uh, organising the Great Victorian Bike Ride. But no, uh, the Bicycle Network, they're called now. Uh, get proactive uh, in the campaign front, uh, helping educate these tradies. As I yelled at this guy, look, we save you on healthcare costs. We save you on uh, petrol costs. We save you on commuter time. Uh, we save you on so many angles. Please just keep the bike lanes clear. But of course, uh, with the incredible dumbing down of society, that's exactly uh, not what this guy understands. Uh, He only gets what the murdocracy teaches him day in, day out. And uh, we're just so lucky to have 3CR as a breath of fresh air on Melbourne's media landscape, hopefully on your podcasting landscape, uh, wherever you're listening, in your daily commute Maybe you're washing dishes. Who knows how you are surviving life on Earth. But uh, last week's episode with energy economist Chris Cook was an eye-opener. I did not know that uh, speculative middlemen were behind so many of the stagflation pressures of the 70s with uh, the encroaching commodification and financialization of uh, the oil and gas markets that was quite something to learn of Mark Rich uh, being the first trader in uh, commodities way back then. Uh, you might remember he was the one who was infamously pardoned for tax evasion by Bill Clinton on his last day in office. Well, uh, we know where uh, Bill's morals lie in the end, supporting insiders, supporting campaign donors. And for me, uh, as I was uh, studying economics, uh, neocon economics. I didn't know anything about Georgism back in the day. Uh, Of course, it was never mentioned during uh, uh, my uh, economics degree at Monash Uni under Professor John Freeban and Graham Richardson. They mentioned uh, land and the need for land tax in one lecture. And of course said, uh, if you meet anyone uh, who discusses this, they're probably mad, so watch out. 
Well, you do go a little mad when you see the value of Australian real estate escalating time and time again. And to think that last year, Australian land values increased by some $258 billion, double what, no, actually it was just under what income tax and company tax raised. So that's our story here is how we can switch taxes off the productive sector and place it on property owners, namely landholders. And uh, with that, those who live in the best location location pay more. Those who uh, live out in the boondocks and have to travel in miles each day, or perhaps they just get themselves a business uh, operating off the MBN and don't have to go anywhere, well, they pay less. So uh, that is what we see as the tax system of the future. It's an ancient future way of thinking of things in recognizing that the earth should not be commodified, a key point. So back when I was studying economics, uh, the belief was that, look, speculation isn't a bad thing because it actually irons out the peaks and troughs as the market uh, ramps up, those on the uh, on the no sell out, and that stops the prices going even higher. And when things bottom out, uh, these savvy investors who might have had their shoes shined and hearing their their shoe shiner talking about buying shares or buying real estate, recognise if everyone's in on the game, like uh, the famous fable from the 1929 stock market crash era. Perhaps I should sell out. Well, that's the sort of behaviour that uh, led me to believe with uh, blinkers on that uh, speculation wasn't as bad as some who talk about it. But when we live in a world where democracy is all but dead, as my recent rant about the Andrews administration uh, demonstrated, uh, we, we have this era of lobbyocracy where one vote, one value has been replaced by one dollar for one decision. Uh, this sort of a regulatory capture that ensures that uh, uh, the 1% is, can keep getting away with uh, uh, more and more loopholes. And I look forward to bringing you Wall Street's latest financial weapon of mass destruction. I'm not talking about rental-backed mortgage securities. There is another one, listeners. Hang on to your hats. We'll get to that because I ask, is the Queen... A Georgist. That is the evocative title that uh, Philip Anderson, author of The Secret Life of Real Estate and Banking, will be talking about at our 126th annual Henry George Dinner to be held on Tuesday, September the 5th at the rather lush for us Woolshed in uh, Docklands. So... uh, We're looking forward to Philip's uh, incredible analysis of uh, uh, the markets. Uh, He's one of the few that takes you through uh, the share market, into commodities and, of course, into real estate and discusses this within the business cycle, talking about this 18.6-year cycle. You've heard him discuss many times over the last decade. Well, he now tours the world Uh, He's got about 40,000 people on his uh, e-news through the Daily Reckoning Network. 
for those of you who are scared shitless about debt and concerned about those things, make sure you sign up to the Daily Reckoning and you will find a link through to uh, Philip's Good Work, Cycles, Trends and Forecasts. And he is the, uh, the token positivist amongst uh, this uh, dark stable of uh, bears in the Daily Reckoning um, sort of uh, stable of riders. So uh, always good to have Philip Anderson on board and no doubt he will be uh, analysing all sorts of commodities. He's a big fan of copper. Copper is a major uh, driver, major identifier of genuine household construction and when the price of copper is going up, Perhaps uh, things are looking good. It's usually about 15 different slides that uh, are destined to raise eyebrows uh, like that title. Is the Queen a Georgist? Of course, the Queen, the largest landowner on planet Earth, benefiting from every time Banksy does a new graffiti piece to... Katy Perry's latest uh, hot album, anything that makes culture, anything that makes London a more attractive place to be as a major landholder, she's going to win hand over fist in what we call economic rents. This is the magic money that the existence of the community delivers to landholders and what we see as the core of enabling a proactive system of governance to uh, deal with problems before they get too, too serious. Now, this today is uh, one of those days where uh, us renegade economists get a little excited because the HILDA survey was released. HILDA, let me, for Household Income and Labour Dynamics. Uh, it's been running since 2001, and with this debate that Bill Shorten's ignited on inequality, it's uh, very interesting to, to find that the percentage of under-40s who own a house has plummeted by 33%. It's fallen from 36% to 25% since 2001, with the least educated and lowest paid faring the worst. And that's what's scary. You know, we are heading towards this caste-based system uh, where those who are part of uh, the media-devouring murdocracy, they'll lap anything up. Channel 7 tells them anything. Channel 9, the Herald Sun, all those things as I strip this jumper off. They're the most gullible types, and I tweeted today at uh, our earth-sharing handle how uh, much I was fuming that whilst under-40s have uh, fallen by 30-odd percent in terms of home ownership over the last 14 years as that horrid capital gains tax discount has uh, jet-propelled the property market into stratospheres that haven't been seen since the 1890s, even worse now than the 1890s, which took us some 25 years to recover from that uh, huge boom bust. Well, at the same time, uh, house prices 
in Melbourne increased by 3.1%, according to CoreLogic, in just one month, 3.1%. And why was I really so, so angry? Well, this is the first month at the latest tier of policy fraud in Australian politics uh, kicked into gear. And that is the wretched first home buyer stamp duty discount. Just like the first homeowners grant, if the market of first home buyers all has extra buying capacity because of this stamp duty discount, they bid against each other, don't they? So instead of the government getting that money, it ends up going to the banksters and uh, those who are lucky enough to be selling their property. So uh, that is yet again more evidence of this sort of policy fraud that uh, we just jump up and down uh, waiting for that uh, incredible moment when consciousness awakens amongst the community and they recognise that they've played this game of monopoly. They've made their siblings cry when they own all of... uh, so Paul Mall and all of the wealthy properties. It's been so long since I've played it. They own all the natural monopolies and uh, they make people pay through the nose just to move around the board. And lo and behold, the same thing is now happening in real life. And we're told it's a good thing. For years now, I've been talking about the dangers of monopoly capitalism. And that is what is such a concern. So uh, let's go to a clip. A couple of years ago, uh, well, gee, it was show 435. Way back then, we had the Homeless People's Union running a protest in Gold Street, Collingwood, that uh, then six months later uh, eventuated into uh, some housing-type protests at uh, Flinders Street Station. We had Kelly Whitworth from the Homeless Persons Union of Victoria on the show in number 435, now at 5.02. And uh, there was a lovely poster that uh, uh, was drawn by someone at that time, and it was, Everybody Needs a Home. Nobody needs a property portfolio. Well, that sort of angst, that sort of pressure that pushes people to the edge has led to something evolving over the last six months, seven months up in good old Sydney town. And uh, yeah, there's a a protest camp uh, in uh, Martin Place called the Sydney Safe Space. 24-7 cafe, I think it's called. And, uh, yeah, the New South Wales Premier Gladys, let me try and get this name right, Berejiklian's, God, the New South Wales Premier, let me just say that, made a horror statement last week when she said, look, uh, seeing that Martin Place uh, homeless camp made her feel completely uncomfortable. And uh, that's exactly what it's meant to do, Gladys. It's meant to force you to consider how uncomfortable the homeless feel having to live on the streets and uh, just how out of touch politicians are to think that uh, people have no right to to do this sort of protesting in their face right opposite uh, Parliament up there in Sydney. So, yeah, there's at least 40 tents there. And if you're heading up to Sydney, please 
go and uh, say hello to the good people there and uh, support them. Uh, their de facto leader, Lance Priestley, seems uh, quite a uh, campaigner, setting up squats around the world, here, there and everywhere, uh, recognising that uh, both our democratic process and, uh, as you're about to hear in this video, the concerns of uh, some of these uh, NGO behemoths that are just so big uh, are almost uh, commodifying, in a way, uh, people's guilt and making millions out of that. Some of these CEOs on $300,000 plus, it's incredible. All right, so let's go and have a listen to Lance Priestley from Sydney. Here we are in marketplace, everybody, and um, outside number 60, and this is what's going up there. Um, so in about 18 months' time, there'll be this brand spanking new corporate building um, with heaps of offices. Meantime, on the ground, we're saying human need, not corporate greed. You know, and we've we've got in Martin Place here. We've got 36 tents. Just have a look around, guys. We've got 36 tents here. These tents, these tents are amount to what's affordable housing in Sydney. All right, this is affordable housing, Sydney style, because all levels of government have singularly failed to address the issue for decades. You have a poverty industry that have made millions of dollars out of marginalised people. You know, their growth is dependent on more marginalisation. The poverty industry doesn't. Um, it doesn't seek to solve the problem. Why would you solve a problem that you were making millions of dollars out of? Meantime, here, we have the people um, at the bottom of, of, of that pyramid, you know. The money goes in at the top of that pyramid, guys, and not very much of the money comes out at the bottom, you know. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent on NGOs. Why are these guys sitting here? Why is anyone here? You know, this is the total irresponsibility of government. You know, government are taking the advice from a bunch of NGOs who have a vested interest in making sure that poverty continues. We've got to get off that bus. We've got to work towards zero problem solutions if we're ever going to solve this. What you're looking at in Martin Place here is only part of the problem. This is one corner of the problem that's self-evident. The other corner of this problem that not many people connect with is the 18-year-old kids that are walking out of school every year. Those school kids that are walking out and they're not able to house themselves in the community that they grew up in, independently of their parents or other support. That is community destroying. It's family destroying and it's society destroying. And it means that we don't have strong communities anymore and we need strong communities. What we're building in Martin Place here is a community. A community that these people have never had, some of them for all of their lives, because they've been brought up from one government scheme to another as various government departments, various bureaucrats and various agencies have monetized them. Whether as state children, as wards of the state, in jails or whatever. This has got to stop. The monetization of people by government and by NGOs. Bureaucrats dangling marginalised people out as tokens to advance their career paths. That's all got to stop. 
That's all absolutely and utterly got to stop. You know, you've heard from your government time and time and time again that they've got this. You've heard from all the NGOs that they've got this. And if they've really got this, why the hell are we here? These people aren't coming to stay here for fun. They're coming to stay here because this is the last resort that's acceptable and available to them. We really need to think about that. We see that um, the Housing Minister has recently uh, diverted some of the money that she's been using to put our people into hotels um, to her NGO partners. $10 million worth. That's not for these guys. That's not for the homeless community. That's $10 million to prop up her NGO partners. That's what that's about. Guys, we really need to work on this, right? We need to work on this, not as a government, not as an NGO. We need to work on this as a community. We need to take housing out of the, out of the commodities basket. Why should housing be a chip in a casino that investors speculate in? You know, I want you to look at that word investors and I want you to think about what those people are actually doing. Those people are gambling with residential properties that serve basic human needs. They gamble with food too. That's why this kitchen has to be here. Because, you know, Australia produces plenty of food, but you've got an industry out there that speculates in food and a lot of people can't afford it. That's what this kitchen's doing here. It's feeding people who can't afford food because too many companies profit here. You know, we had people down from Hong Kong a few years ago, I remember talking to them, and they could not believe that Australian vegetables and beef were dearer in our supermarkets in Sydney than they were on the supermarket shelves in Hong Kong. Why is that? And you need to ask your government why they allow these companies to profit here at your expense. You need to ask your government why food that serves a basic human need should be part of the commodities basket. And we need to have that discussion in such a way that our grandchildren don't have to fight the same fight. Meantime, guys, remember the 24-7 street kitchen safe space in Martin Place is 1,000% crowdsourced. Everything that you see here has been provided by the guys that live here and by a very concerned public. And you can be part of that public. You can come down here and um, join the community. You know, there are set, this community doesn't stop at the boundaries of where the tents are or at the boundaries of Martin Place. This community is everywhere. This community includes all the people that support it. You know, there's no them and us here. We are a community that's working towards a zero problem solution. And I ask you to come and join us. Thanks so much for your help. So that was Lance Priestley from the Sydney Safe Space crew up there occupying Martin Place uh, right out the front of the Reserve Bank.
Good on you guys. Right opposite Parliament as well. So they're in the people's face, in the politicians' face. The elites better finally recognise the destruction that's going through communities by this incredible pace of change being forced upon us by these huge windfall gains that uh, landholders are uh, enjoying in their sleep. If you didn't get, have that sixty dollars or $70,000 you could borrow from the bank of mum and dad, you're basically going to miss out incredibly. And that's uh, what kind of disappoints me about the Hilda study. I don't think they include uh, incomes from property. They only look at wage-based incomes, which, of course, is the old game, guys. Get with the new agenda. It's all about uh, lightly taxed capital gains these unearned incomes uh, that uh, property owners are making their sleep. And, uh, yeah, for uh, Premier Gladys up in New South Wales, uh, uh, this great article in The Guardian summed it up nicely. It said, A community made destitute by the political ethos her government espouses is making the case for a better one, literally on Parliament's doorstep. The people society is so good at ignoring have found a way to become visible. And when global GDP has grown 630% since 1980, but inequality, poverty, hunger, environmental degradation, you name it, it's all coming collapsing down, as has been warned for so long. This neoliberal agenda must not be far off uh, finishing up because uh, the costs to society continue. And uh, here we are in Melbourne, uh, 64% of our rainfall. Just incredible that, uh, uh, you know, climate change goes on un unhindered. We've got water theft up in New South Wales, uh, adding millions and millions of dollars to landholders' uh, properties up there. They couldn't sell it for a decade, I remember, seeing on Four Corners. And then, of course, when they uh, snuck through some... Sneaky little changes there to enable uh, some look-the-other-way sort of uh, harvesting of the water. Up went the land values. So uh, always, again and again and again, land price takes the gain. Centuries-old story. We have to get more people talking about this because uh, it always comes back to these rentiers, this chasing this magic money, this economic rent, that uh, you don't have to do anything except own some property rights over this earth. Now, Wall Street, what are they up to, these darn devils? The term you're looking for, my friends, is called collateralized loan obligations. They're a cousin of uh, credit default swaps and all those other derivatives that blew the world economy apart and uh, in May, there were two deals worth more than $1 billion each, with ex experts estimating some $75 billion are coming through the pipeline this year. So says Frank Partnoy, professor at University of San Diego and author of Fiasco, Blood in the Water on Wall Street. Well, his article entitled The Sequel to the GFC is already with us is harrowing because whilst... The U.S. Congress uh, tried with the Dodd-Frank legislation to uh, ensure that uh, th this sort of thing didn't happen again. It's been the revolving door between Wall Street and the Securities and Exchange Commission that has permitted agencies to dodge 
the Dodd-Frank law. So uh, one, one hand says no, the other hand says yes, guess which one Wall Street is listening to. And they're doing it uh, by allowing, yeah, so Dodd-Frank basically said, uh, you Wall Streeters, you've got to hold some of uh, the risk. But of course, they've arranged for a way uh, that third parties can take on this risk. This is just like Groundhog Day. And uh, one of the problems with the modeling that's enabling AAA ratings to all of these junk loans is uh, uh, that these mathematical models need to account for correlation risk, the chance that defaults might occur simultaneously. Well, of course, the modeling doesn't do that. These are just CDOs in new wrapping. So watch out for them. Uh, alongside rental-backed mortgage securities, uh, cheap, easy finance uh, with low accountability continues to be the name of the game in this monopoly capitalism world. My, oh my. Human need, not corporate greed, they say. Well, we need a, a better saying for that, one that identifies this magic money because rent is the secret tax the wealthy charge the poor. Please, let's write that up in Martin Place and get people thinking about uh, these uh, easy dollars delivered to those who benefit from location, location. All right, write down Tuesday, September the 5th for our 126th annual dinner. I hope we can see you there. And uh, keep reading, keep writing those letters to your local politicians, alerting them to the fact that, my oh my, the era of neoliberal economics has to end. Hi, I'm Hannah Smiley from WA. When I'm in Melbourne, I listen to 3CR 855 AM Community Radio. You can listen on your digital radio or stream it live and subscribe at 3cr.org.au. Counting.